mercy versus cruelty. And uh, I, I want to preach tonight, first of all, upon the mercy of God. And then I want to try to finish up about having mercy toward one another. And if there's anything in Christianity, uh, the doctrine of mercy is critical to Christianity. There is no true Christianity without mercy. And so tonight we're going to look at David. And by the way, I would encourage you this week, if you have a concordance, if you don't have a concordance, I'd encourage you to get one. A concordance is a big old thick book. You can get one here in the library. Run out, Sister Connie can order them for you. But it'll show you every verse in the Bible on any word that you want to look up. Like if you want to look up mercy, you look at it, it'll say merciful and mercies and all the different variations of that. And you can say that. And when I was studying for this message, I literally was dumbfounded at how many times David referred to mercy. And I, I concluded that that's one of the reasons that he was a man after God's own heart was because he understood the mercy of God. And so Psalms 51, and this is a result. David is, is, set, is giving the Psalms as a result of his sin and his repentance about his situation with Bathsheba. Now he's talking here, and I want you to get this. He's not uh, addressing here from the position of a lost man. He's addressing this issue as from the result of a saved man. David was a saved man. You believe that, don't you? Amen. And David messed up. You believe saved people mess up, don't you? Amen. But you also believe that God can have mercy on you, don't you? Amen. And I tell you, without his mercy, we're sunk. Amen. And I'm thankful for God's mercy tonight. And what I want you to do tonight while I'm preaching is I want you to be uh, talking to God yourself. And I want you to think about how merciful God's been to you and how long and, and that he will be merciful to you. That's right. And I want you to bless him and praise him and thank him tonight while I'm preaching yeah. for the mercy of God. Amen. I'm so grateful for the mercy of almighty God. Amen. Boy, I tell you, look, look, let's look what he says. I want you to get the heart of this man as he is reaching out to God in prayer. Have what? Mercy. mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the what? Multitude, Multitude of thy tender mercies. Now, I'll tell you, there's quite an adjective right there. And by the way, tender mercies is listed. I don't even, I, I don't know how many times in the Bible, mercy is, the mercy of God is described as tender. He said, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. How's that blotting out of his transgressions going to occur? It's going to occur through the mercy of God. Wash me. How's that going to occur? By the mercies of God. Thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me. How? Through your mercy. Uh, from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. 
And David goes ahead there and all of that is based upon the mercy of God. And we're going to talk about uh, the issue of mercy and justice and how uh, uh, a little bit about the definition of the mercy. But I want you to look at chapter 52 and verse number eight now. Just the chapter after that, he says this statement, but I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. Boy, that's a good amen. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Now, I want to tell you how to get out of the blues tonight. I want to tell you how to quit being discouraged. Quit beating yourself up. Depressed. And believe in his mercy. If the devil can get you to thinking that you just, you know, that God's mercy is not there for you. I'm telling you what, I'd get discouraged too. But one thing I remind myself in Psalms 30, in Psalms 30, 136, his mercy endureth forever. Amen. The Bible said that his mercy is new every morning and it's sure a good thing. Amen. Yes. And there's something I want this church to get. This church is pretty strong on sin and salvation and forgiveness and so forth and biblical standards. But I think we're a little weak and it's because I'll take the blame for it. I think we're a little weak on mercy. Yeah. I think this church could stand to have a little more mercy yes. oozing out of its soul toward, our, toward people in the, in the area. Amen. And something I think God is dealing with me is that, Reggie, you like for people to mer- be merciful with you. Amen. You need to be merciful to other people. Amen. And I'll tell you what to keep this church strong is that we'll be merciful to each other. Amen. I'll tell you right now, we need to be merciful to each other. Ain't anybody in this building or ever comes to this church but what you're capable of doing what David did. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm glad for people's mercy and for God's mercy, but we need to be sure that we have mercy toward each other. Lord, help me tonight to preach this message in a way that would give you glory and honor and help these folks. Lord, help me to feed the flock of God which you purchased with your own blood. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been said that mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. But mercy is not getting what you deserve. Go to Psalms 103. And guys, if you want to put those up, I I want to say I appreciate the crow's nest. Amen. Uh, I tell you, people online and online folks, they appreciate those scriptures being put up on on the deal. And it helps. And it gets the focus on the Lord and his word. And I tell you, I appreciate all that goes into it. By the way, we're going to have a little experiment. Joel, I want you to experiment something with you right now. Can you dim the lights a little bit? Just Can you try that? We, uh, we have people that the lights are hard on. Now. Boy, oh boy. Everybody's going, man, that's nice. I like that. Huh? Let me make sure I'm seeing y'all. Who's... I can't see you all. I know why you like that. You know I can't see you. <laughs> Give it just a little bit up. Oh, you mean it's one or the other? You're like me. It's either hot or cold. No, 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 no lukewarm. So it's either this or full bright. Next week it'll be different. Next week it'll be different. Anyway, we're working on that because uh, it, it is some, you know, the lights have been bothersome to some people and cause headaches and so forth like that. So we're trying to work with it. But I sure don't want dark now. We're not in the pool hall here. Amen. We're not in the bar. Amen. I'll tell you, I don't like dark places. I'll be honest with you. But anyway, some of you got all excited about that. But anyway, <laughs> Psalms 103. And I want you to look at something. And somebody oftentimes asks me, Reggie, how you doing? Does anybody know how I will answer you? 
Better than I deserve. You say, where'd you get that? I got that out of the Bible. And I realized one day that I was better, and I was reading Psalms 103, look at verse number 10, but, but let's just actually back up to verse number eight. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in what? Mercy. mercy. Boy, he's got plenty of mercy. Amen. And then look at verse, he will not always chide. God's not always, got, let me take, get, get a, let's get a biblical attitude about God. He's a merciful God. Yes, he's a holy God. Yes, he's a just God, but he's merciful. Well, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but it's like every day I have to say, I have to ask God for forgiveness. Amen. I have to have mercy every day of my life. Amen. It, it, I get aggravated at myself, but you know what? I'm not looking to myself. I told a man this week, I, I tell you what, boy, I had a deal, man, alive. You talk about a divine encounter with God. Pulled up behind this guy and I knew who it was. An old, I was way on the back road, pulled up beside him. And I told the guys with us, stop, I know this old boy. And I opened it. And uh, boy, he looked at me and I looked at him and, and he, he looked kind of rough. And we had just, you know, kind of just a little bit of greeting. Next thing I know, he started crying and said, Reggie, I need prayer. You never know who you're going to run across. Amen. Boy, I got it. I'm at, back here on an old country road, back here, way out here in the country. I got out of my truck and I walked over there and put my arm on his arm. And I tell you, we had prayer right there in the middle of the road. And uh, boy, I'll tell you something, you know, people need mercy. They need help. And he had, he had kind of messed up. He had messed up and got out of sorts and talked to me about it. And, and uh, you know, I think the devil was trying to tell him that God wasn't going to have no more mercy. He just used up all God's mercy. And it wasn't true. Amen. God's mercy. But he said, he'll not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Now look at verse number 10. Here it is. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. If he had it, we'd be in hell. <laughs> nor, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. But he's had mercy on us. Amen. And boy, I tell you, I like this. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his what? Mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west. Hath he removed our transgressions from us? Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we're dust. Amen. We are. Look down there. As for as man, his days are as grass as a flower of the field, so he flourishes, and the wind passes over, it's gone. Place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from what? Everlasting to everlasting. You ain't never going to get a point in your time or get away from that. God's mercy is never going to run out on you. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, uh, and, uh, so I want to get something down tonight because like any other subject, mankind can pervert See, I ain't liking them lights too well, but it's too dark up here. But anyway, it's okay. Please, don't, I shouldn't even said that. Lord, help me shut up and preach. Man can pervert the concept of mercy. Mercy is not just God just saying, well, it's okay. It don't matter. There is a article in the Bible called the mercy seat. It is in the tabernacle, the picture of the true mercy seat that's in heaven, the Bible calls it's called a throne of grace. And it is the means by which you and I are extended mercy. God just doesn't say, oh, it's okay. Don't, don't worry about it, Reg. Did you know that mercy is extended to me through the blood of Jesus Christ? Because the wages of sin is death. Every sin has to come into accountability with Almighty God. But when Jesus died on the cross and bore my sin in his own body... 
God had executed justice and my sins were paid for. And when I placed my faith in Christ, then I was extended mercy through the justice that was put on Jesus Christ. He satisfied the just demands of a holy God. And because of that, he bore my sin. I can now have mercy. Mercy is not just God saying, hey, Reggie, that's okay. Don't worry about it. No, no. Jesus is the means by which God gives you and I mercy tonight. It is valuable. It is precious. And it didn't come cheaply. Amen. So I want you to know something about mercy tonight. It's just not God said, ah, it's just fine. Don't worry about it. No, it is that God punished his son. God put our sins on his son. His son died for us so that we could have mercy. Mercy is so valuable. And let me say something to you tonight. Nobody ever appreciates mercy till they know how bad a sinner they are. And the greater sinner you realize you are, the more precious you'll see the mercy of God. And that's why we do need to preach on sin. And that's why we do need to lift up the holiness of God. But so we can appreciate the mercy that God's given us. Of whom much is forgiven, they love much. We need to understand that mercy is not just, oh, forget about it and don't worry about it. Mercy is a precious, precious characteristic of God that is given only through the channel of the sacrifice and the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. And it's by him that we can have mercy from a holy, just God. So I want us to get that down tonight, that it's the basis of sacrifice of Christ that God extends mercy to you and I. We should have borne the wrath of God and his punishment, and it fell on Christ, and I received mercy. And it's only through faith in Christ that we can have the mercy of God. The Bible tells us, number one, that they're saving mercy, not according to the works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. You're saved tonight through mercy. I do not know of a prayer in the Bible about being saved, except over there in the Bible, the New Testament, where two men went to the temple to pray. And the Bible talks about one lifted up his head and told about all what a good guy he was, how he went to church and paid tithes and done all that. And the other man wouldn't even so much as lift up his head, the Bible said, but smote his breast and said this. And the only prayer I know in the Bible about a salvation prayer is this. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm going to tell you something that really bothers me as a preacher. It bothers me as a Christian. It bothers me as a, as a, as a part of a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that in our day and time, we very seldom, I don't know, you ask yourself this question. When's the last time you ever heard anybody who got saved say, God be merciful to me, a sinner? We've almost made it deal like signing a note at the bank or something. We've made it kind of a ritualistic deal that we kind of come like, we're going to make a deal with God. If we say our little prayer, God's supposed to save us. You don't hardly ever see anybody asking God for mercy. And I want to ask you a question tonight. When you, quote, got saved, what did you call on God for? Did you ask him for his mercy? He said it's by his mercy that he saves us. He gave us an illustration of it in the New Testament where God be merciful to me, a sinner. By the way, he, I'm glad he added that little phrase, to me a sinner. That's telling you that he realized he needed mercy. And I want to say this church tonight. And I, I talked to Brother Josh before church. God is, is I mean, I, I'm thankful God's talking to me. God's dealing with me. And he's, he, he's, he's working on me. But it's like, he said, Reggie, you need to get down. This issue of mercy needs to be in this church. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of hurting people out here. A lot of people don't know how to be saved. But we need to make sure that they understand that there is mercy at the cross for them. But they've got to admit they're a sinner. Mercy is of no value to a man that does not know he's a sinner. But they're saving mercy. But again, I want to ask you this question. 
when you got saved, was it through the mercy of God? Did you come to God for mercy? Or are you making a deal with God? And I'd say it'd be a good thing to ask yourself that question. Because it just seems like in our day and time, nobody thinks they're a very bad sinner. And I'm just going to kind of straighten up and I'm going to, quote, do my little believe in Jesus thing. And everything's going to be fine. I'm just, I'm telling you something. My soul and my spirit is troubled about all the professions of faith in the country anymore. Because it's just like, I mean, literally, people literally think that if they come forward, oh, I went forward. You can go forward at a bar. You can go forward at, you know, going forward doesn't save anybody. But have you received mercy through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, him as your substitute? When we say, believe, all, all you got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the devils believe and tremble. But have you believed that he is your savior, your substitute, your sacrifice, believed on him for the salvation of your soul? And I am telling you, we need to get back to the issue of mercy that is involved in our salvation. So there's saving mercy. Thank God that I found mercy at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many times the Bible talks about great mercies. And I tell you what, it is great mercy. It's great mercy for great sinners like me. I'm glad his mercy is greater than my sin. Amen. And then he talks about in Nehemiah, manifold mercy. And that means that there's many layers of God's mercy and his mercy is manifold over and over in various aspects of our life, he demonstrates mercy. And as David said earlier, many times in the Bible, it describes God's mercy as tender mercy. Boy, I'll tell you, God ain't kicking you, kicking you around. Amen. Amen. God ain't slapping you upside the head and say, yeah, I forgive you and bend me. A God's tender. He talked about it. What is it? That burning flax and so forth. He will not quench. Aren't you glad God's tender? Well, I'll tell you what, I I was in the hospital one time and they were wanting to put a, a eye be in my uh, arm here and the nurse came in and she took my arm and she took that big old needle and she went like that and I I went like that and then she said well I missed I didn't hit it (laughs) and she did like that again and and I went and she said I missed I didn't hit it and I want to tell you something this went on about five or six times and I finally said and she said your hide's like hog hide I don't know. Maybe it is. But I felt like telling her something too. In fact, I finally told her, you're not doing that to me no more. This is over. And she had an attitude. And it was not merciful. You're going to be a nurse to somebody. You be merciful. You care about it. Y'all tell you something. I've been to hospital many a time in my 40 years of ministry. And some of the worst things I ever seen and had to deal with was family members who were dealing with an unmerciful nurse. You get a nurse that comes in and they're just having a bad day and they don't, you know, and they don't care. And they just flopping this around doing this and they're not being careful. You can get a family member so mad they'll like a whoop you. You need to be merciful. And we, by the way, People are hurting when they walk in this church. They're raw. Yep. You don't know what they've been through in work and business this week. You, know how, you don't know how the devils knock them all over the place. They come in here and they need a little mercy and they need a little tenderness. And I want to tell you something tonight. We need to remember to be tender, kind, kind and tender hearted one to another. Preacher, did you get that? <laughs> well, Isaiah 55 said that his mercies are sure. 
devil make you think that, that it's not sure. Let me just tell you something. If he forgave you, he forgave you. Amen. God ain't like people. God ain't file cabinet things. He said he removed it as far as the east is from the west. He said he remembered it against you no more. We don't let the devil, I'm going to tell you, his mercy is sure. Then there's sparing mercy. The Bible said in Lamentations 3.20, it's of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 1.3 that he's the father of mercies. Boy, we talk about a description, a father of mercies. Genesis 19, the Bible said about Lot, the Lord being merciful to him, pulled him out of Sodom, amen. Sometimes God's mercy is when he's pulling you out of someplace. Some, Psalms 37, 26 said that God is ever merciful. In Psalms 23, David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, amen. That's two good people to have following you around is goodness and mercy. And God, David, you know what, that, here's, I'm telling you, the thing David knew that God was a holy God, but he knew he was a merciful God. Psalms 51, we read it. Their Bible says in Psalms 86, 5, there's plenteous mercy. Psalms 100, verse number 5, there's everlasting mercy. Psalms 106, verse number 1, there's enduring mercy. Psalms 109, 26, there's good mercy. Psalms 51, there's forgiven mercy. And from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find out that from the time Adam and Eve sinned till the last person ever saved, God is a merciful God. And I want you to know something tonight. God's not got a big stick and he's not hanging over you tonight. God is merciful toward you. He knows your frame. He knows your dust. How many of you have been like me and said, I don't know when I'm ever going to grow up. I don't know when I'm going to grow up. I hate to tell this. Seem like ain't, I ain't got no secrets. We was working this week and the guy pulled something. Boy, I mean, tell you what, it ticked me off. And I was just being with you. I mean, it. I, huh? Raven, bad three or four ravens come out of me. <laughs> And I'm telling you what, Brother Phil, before I can say scat them ravens, Whoa. Yep. and uh, man, and I've started walking across over there, and I'm just like, I just cannot believe this. Yep. And Lord, I am sick of this. I get up and preach to these people, and then I go, and then I go and lose. I mean, I just—it's like a volcano just top blew out of it. Yep. Every man. Anyway, see if I can get by this without making myself look too bad. <laughs> but I did stop. The Lord dealt with me. I just stopped. And I just got the guy and I stood him right in front of me. I said, listen, I, I absolutely do not appreciate what you did. Bad. And I don't want you treating nobody on this place like this. But I said, God just spoke to me. And I said, I knew it before you ever talked to me. I said, I got angry with you. And I shouldn't have done, I shouldn't have hollered at you. But I mean, I was like, stop, you're going to stop, okay? And, but what happened was the moment that I asked him to forgive me, I mean, what happened was the dove was fluttering back here. She was trying to fly. Yeah. The dove finally came out. And I looked, I turned around and said, look at me. I said, I love you. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to, it'd be a, a detriment to you, a harm to you. I said, I can't, I can't have this. But I said, that does not give me a right to talk to you like I talked to you, and I need you to forgive me. Would you forgive me? You know what he did? He, tears just burst out of his eyes, and he just threw his arms around me. 
hug me. What I'm saying is, is that in everything we're doing is we just need to have mercy on people. Amen. <coughs> you know what the guy told me? Listen to this. He said, Reggie, I love working here. I love working for you. But one of the reasons I work here is because I can't work with my dad. I worked with him for years. And every day I worked with him, he hollered at me and got angry with me. And I finally got to where I couldn't work with him no more. Hey, don't you be saying a word. <laughs> I saw that. Now I mean, seriously. Okay, please. <laughs> I probably should have said. <laughs> but I'm saying this to you. One reason it hurt him so bad is because that's what he was trying. That, you know, the past hurt. We never know what somebody else has gone through. Somebody else, that's a real issue to them that can really set them off. And I'm going to say this to you. I'm thankful that he had mercy toward me because he said, Reggie, I forgive you. And I'm thankful for his forgiveness. So then guess what God said to do? You march yourself right over to the other workers because you did it in front of them. So I said, let's go over here and we're going to get and I got the other guys. I said, shut everything down. Got them all together. I said, I didn't agree with what happened, but I said, that didn't give me a right to act like I did in front of everybody and treat him like I did in front of you. And I need all you guys to forgive me. You know what a man did? A 71-year-old man just took a big step toward me and throwed his arms around me. It's when we show mercy. It's when we show mercy. And I'm telling you something. I said, Phil, I said, God, you know, so I walk away. Thank you, Lord. But I'm tired of having to do this. I'm tired of having to say I'm sorry. Yeah. How many tired of having to say you're sorry? Right, <laughs> How many wishes that, you know. Get it right. Lord, why can't I be this perfect Christian? Yeah. Come on. This nice preacher that does everything right. Attitude, motive, countenance, words. Why can't I be this real nice guy? You know what I really know? My flesh will never be any better than probably than it is. I wish my spirit, I wish the dove would rule and not the raven, but I'm telling you something, we need mercy. Yes. And I probably shouldn't have given that illustration, but. Amen. Mm. The Bible says that. Uh, His mercy is the basis of our hope in Psalms 147.11. Think about that. We don't have any hope if we don't have any mercy. If he runs out mercy, we don't have no hope. We're shot. Psalms 136, every verse in that chapter says his mercy endureth forever. Micah 6.8 tells us to love mercy. Matthew 5 tells us to give mercy. Romans 15, 9 says that we're to glorify God for his mercy. Hebrews 4, 16 tells us that his throne of grace is a place to obtain mercy. James 2, 13 tells us that we're to show others mercy. James 5, 11 says that he is of tender mercy. 1 Peter 1, 3 tells us his mercy is abundant. 
And you and I need to live every day in the light of his mercy. I want this church to remind yourself of his mercy. When I read the verse in Psalms 147, 11, that our hope was based on the fact of his mercy, it just hit me like a, a block. Because I realized that if I woke up tomorrow morning and God said, Reggie, I'm done with you. I'm not being merciful to you any longer. You've went too far. That's how valuable mercy is. And that's why he's told us over and over again that his mercy endures forever. David said in Psalm 52, right after Psalm 51, forever and ever. We need to remind ourselves of his mercy every morning. I want to remind all of you, I don't think you're really much, you're probably not, I know I'm the chief of sinners here, but you're probably not all too far behind me. I want you to remind yourself. I don't want you to lose hope. I want you to remind yourself that God is a merciful God. That his mercy is new every morning. Why would God tell us that? Because he knows we need it. We preach and believe in the mercy of God through the merits of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what I want us to do in this church is to praise him for his mercy, to glorify him for his mercy, and to always remember his mercy. Without it, we'd never have any hope at all. A man by the name of Rudolf Hess was promoted by Himmler in World War during the Nazi reign. And he lived in a house just a few yards at the Auschwitz camp encampment. Every morning, he would kiss his wife at the door. Every evening, he would tuck his children into bed. But every day, he stood outside the crematoriums, the Zyklon B chambers. He had his own personal gas mask where he could watch how well people were dying, how fast people were dying. And he literally was the instrument of the killing of multiplied millions, millions of Jewish people during the Holocaust. He was known to put people for minor infractions into cells where they would be tortured, beaten, starved. He worked in connection with Mingle, who took children and literally cut their bodies to pieces. Now you listen to this preacher tonight. America is becoming a cruel nation. We're more concerned about owls and rats than we are babies. I want to say to you tonight, and I want to say this right in that camera. Those of you doctors, nurses, fathers and mothers who butcher babies, you are cruel. I want to say tonight to the people who are promoting the transgender agenda of giving young people hormones, operating on them, operations and all this junk going on. You are some of the cruelest people this side of hell to do that to a child. 
If you're a father and mother and you would allow that to be done to your children, you are not a loving father and mother. You are a cruel, cruel human being. America is becoming a place of cruelty. And the further we get away from this book, the more cruel we're going to become. That's why we're promoting euthanasia, abortion, every other kind of thing you can imagine because we're becoming a cruel people because if we do not believe we're sinners, we don't need the mercy of God, then we don't have mercy. mercy. See, if we don't know we need mercy, we have less tendency to give it to other people. The strange thing about Rudolf Haas was that after he was arrested in World War II and put in prison and tried and they hung him, but before his hanging, did you know what he did? One day in his cell, he fell on his knees and ask God for mercy. I don't, I, 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 there's some things about it that trouble me. I, I'm not the judge. But I'm telling you, we better be merciful to people. Joseph Stalin was one of the most cruel. I'm going to tell you right now. Joseph Stalin was more cruel than Hitler. But because we were allies to Russia, we've hidden his history. That's one of the most cruel men that ever walked in shoe leather was Joseph Stalin. And when you're talking about these socialists and these antifas and these communist based organizations here in America, these people are cruel. Don't you ever think they're not? As I said, America is becoming a cruel nation. Back in the Holocaust, over in Israel today, they have the, what's called the Garden of the Righteous. And it's there that they recognize people who helped people that were fleeing the Nazi regime. regime. And the people who hid Jewish people in their closets and houses and attics. Some of you know Corey Ten Boom's story. But Corey Ten Boom's whole story was about a story of mercy to people who were fleeing and trying to get away from certain death. And if you could put yourself in the position, can you imagine doctors, Nazis having doctors with their white coats on and here comes a train load of people off of that train. If you've ever been to Yad Vashem, the the Holocaust Museum, over a million children were killed in the gas chambers in the concentration camps during that time, a million Jewish children. If you go into that thing, they've got a light system that projects, it multiplies the light to a million light points representing each one of those children that were killed. Can you imagine the cruelty of a man who these people are coming and this woman has a child in her arms and he decides who's going to the death chamber and who's not. And he tells them, take the child. Can you imagine pulling the child out of the arms of a mother and a father? And the screaming and the wailing and the pulling of this child. Oh, she's healthy enough to work in the camp for six or eight weeks. But go ahead and kill the baby. Oscar Schindler is in that garden over there. Oscar Schindler was a money man. But he began to realize what was going on. And Oscar Schindler used his money to buy the passports and the freedom of many Jewish people. Down through history, there's been people who showed mercy. And let me tell you who's going, let me just tell you something. At the end of this thing, when we stand before God Almighty, let me tell you this much. You're going to be glad if you showed mercy to people in your life. 
Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I am glad that people who loved the Lord had mercy toward me. And I want this church tonight, and I want you to pray here in a few moments. God, give me a heart of mercy. We are not like God unless we have mercy toward others and toward the lost. And let me just say something to you. The concept of loving people and to have mercy toward them is a big part of soul winning. Yeah. I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you ever give a track to anybody? Do you ever speak to anybody about their soul? Are you merciless? Do you not care whether they spend eternity in hell? And I'm not trying to build, put you on a guilt trip. I'm just being honest with myself. If I never talk to a man about his soul, what do I profess that I love him? Can I say that I have any mercy toward him knowing he's headed toward the depths of hell forever and have no mercy toward him? And I'm telling you tonight, what God is telling me as a pastor, yeah, I want you to take a stand. Yeah, I want you to preach on sin. Yeah, I want you to uphold my holiness and my righteousness. But you make sure there's mercy in this church. You make sure there's mercy. I'm going to tell you something. By mercy and truth, the king reigneth. You want to, you want to have a good home? Make sure there's plenty of mercy there in your house. Amen. It's not just judgment every time a child does something wrong. There has to be mercy in a home. Yes. And I want us to have mercy. Now I want to say something to you. I know a little bit about mercy in this church. You cannot pastor a church for 40 years without having experienced the mercy of the people of that church toward you. I have had much mercy from the people of this church. And I want you to know I appreciate it. Mercy is so valuable. I have had mercy from my wife. I have had mercy from my children. And I'm thankful for mercy. And if it weren't for the mercy of God, where would we be? And if we want to be blessed, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Let's stand together.